And now, back to David Spada and Elliot Harris for more sports and torts on TalkZone.com. Elliot, our next guest was the Rookie of the Year in 1949 with the St. Louis Browns. He played for the Senators, the White Sox, the Phillies, and the back with the Senators again. He was a five-time All-Star. Roy Seavers. How are you doing, Roy? Just fine. How are you doing? Good. Good. So 1949 with the Browns. When you came up with that team, who were the stars on that team? Stars? Right. Who was on that team? Well, we had... uh... Ned Garver, we had uh, uh, Bob Dillinger played uh, third base. We had uh, Jerry Pretty played second. Uh, 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 Laner, Paul Laner played right. Uh, Al Zerilla played uh, right. I mean, Laner played center, and then uh, Chet Labs played left. Now, how did you end up with the Browns? Why didn't you end up with the Cardinals? Well, the Cardinal scouts come out to my house every day for a year to sign me, and uh, I wasn't, well, at that time, we wasn't really interested, but then a Brown scout come out from uh, New York and uh, talked to me and uh, gave us such good uh, sales talk that uh, we decided, I decided with my father and that to go with the Browns because I had a much better chance of making it to the big league with the Browns than what I did with the Cardinals because the Cardinals back then, had a great ball club, so I knew I couldn't break into that. So that's why I signed with the Browns. Were you a Cardinals fan or Browns fan growing up? Well, I was both, because you know we were fortunate we had both teams here in the St. Louis, so so we got to go out to you know see the National League and the American League. So did you get out to Old Sportsman's Park much? Oh yeah, we got out there every weekend, sit out in the bleachers for a quarter, and uh, watch the ball games. And we were out there every weekend by brothers. And I. Who were some of your favorite players growing up? Oh, growing up, uh, Joe DiMaggio was one. Uh, uh, Ted Williams at the end was one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Mickey Mantle, uh, Yogi, just everybody in general back then. We had, they all had great teams back then. And uh, I was very, very fortunate to play against some of the great ball players in that time. And then when you got called up by the Browns. Did you find it an easy transition from the minors to playing professional baseball? So what was that again? Was it easy going from the minors to being professional? Yeah. Uh, I was sent out to the uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, where they had 400 ballplayers down there when we lived in Armory Barracks. And then you have to go out and work out every day, and they end up picking out a team, and I end up going to Hannibal, Missouri, up in the which wasn't too far from St. Louis, about 70 miles an hour. I mean, 70 miles from here, and that, that's where I ended up my first year in playing. Isn't that where Shoeless Joe Jackson was from? Hannibal Joe? Hannibal no. Joe, yeah. I remember him, but uh, I was very fortunate. I had a great year up there, and I uh, hit 318, hit uh, 38 home runs, and over 144 runs, so that was a great season. I thought, man, this game is easy. Well, <laughs> come, come to find out, it wasn't that easy. But you, you won Rookie of the Year in 49, so you say, right. can't be that tough. You're doing something right. Well, I uh, I didn't play when I first come up. And uh, I think the first time up, I struck out. And I think the second time up, I struck out. And I said, well, I guess I'm going to go back to San Antonio, which was a double-A club back then. And then the third time up, I pinched it. I doubled down the left field line. 
then Zach Taylor, the manager, says, you're going to play tomorrow in a doubleheader. So as fortunate enough, I got seven for eight in a doubleheader, and then I stayed in the lineup for the rest of the year. Who was the toughest pitcher you won against? The what? The toughest pitcher that you uh, had a hit against. Oh, Bob Feller. Yeah, he threw 100 miles an hour and had a great curveball. And uh, as the years went by, I got to be pretty good friends with Bob before he died, and it was uh, he was just an outstanding pitcher. You go into Cleveland, you face Lemon, Garcia, Wynn, and Feller, so you could go over 20 in a weekend real quick. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of guys that did. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that was a great pitching staff. Well, every ball club had uh, three or four good starters back then, and it was really... You had to be a tough guy up there at the plate, you know, to face all them guys. You got traded to the Senators. What was that like? Well, actually, knock on wood, it was a, a big break for me because, uh, you know, I hurt my shoulder in 51. I was out for uh, part of the half of the year, and I come back in 52 after Bill Vec decided we had an operation. And I did play in 52 and then 53 with the Browns, and then, the Browns were sold to uh, Baltimore, and uh, some reason up there they had some kind of Jimmy Dykes had a letter or something from the, some somebody in St. Louis stating that I couldn't throw no more. Well, he said let's get rid of him, and so they end up sending me to Washington for Gil Cohen. And knock on wood, it turned out to be the best break in, uh, in my career. So when I got there, uh, Bucky Harris was the manager, and I said, Bucky, I said, where am I going to play? I can't play left field. I can't throw. He said, You're going to play left field. Get rid of the ball as quick as you can because we want your bat in the lineup. Well, knock on wood, I broke their home run record three years in a row. So it was a great, great ballpark in a great city. It was a big ballpark, though. Oh, was it big? Yeah. 390 down a left field line, 430 or 60 in left center, 440 in center field with a 350 in right field with a 40 foot fence. But uh, knock on wood, I had great luck in, the, in uh, Griffith Stadium. It was a good ballpark for me. Did the presidents used to come out there on opening day and throw out the first pitch? What was that? Did the presidents of the United States used to throw out the first pitch? Yeah. Uh, the president used to always come out to throw the first pitch out for the ball game. Uh, I got pretty good friends with uh, Richard Nixon. He, he said that I was uh, his favorite ball player, and Jim Lemon, my roommate, uh, Eisenhower, said he was his favorite ball player. So we had something in common. Did I have a pretty good arm? Who? Eisenhower? Oh, well, yeah. You know, they threw it just uh, about 30 or 40 feet, but uh, Nixon had a pretty good arm, and uh, it was, it was, uh, I couldn't catch the ball, and uh, Lemon, I couldn't catch uh, Eisenhower's ball, but uh, <laughs> I ended up getting a couple balls signed by Nixon, so it was great. I know Nixon was good friends with your broadcaster, Bob Wolf. Oh, Bob Wolf was a super broadcaster, and uh, he's still broadcasting, I guess. I don't know. And he was a great man, and uh, he did the ball game real good. And uh, he was always interested in coming out on the field, talk to the players. He was he was very friendly with all the players. He just wrote a book last year. We talked to him. You talked to him last year, right? He wrote a book about broadcasting. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's a superman, and his, uh, I still send him a Christmas card every month. You know, every year. After Washington, you get traded to the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, that was. Uh, uh, Bill Vec uh, got me f- for for a trade, and uh, had two good years with the White Sox. And said, Mike, "Boy, I said I'm going to finish my career here," and it ended up that Lopez wanted, wanted to go back to uh, 
the running game, so he thought to give up a little power, you know, to get some guys back here in front of the running game. But he ended up training me to the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, uh, which was a pretty good deal for me because I ended up playing, you know, in the uh, National League, and uh, I always wanted to play in the National League, see what it was like, but... Uh, I always thought I'd end up in, in with, with White Sox, and it didn't happen that way. What was El Lopez like? Huh? What was El Lopez like? I love the ballpark. The ballpark's a great ballpark to hit in. It really was. And Lopez, if you talk back to him, you sat on the bench for a week. <laughs> so I, I guess you didn't talk back to him then. Oh, no. I talked back to him one time. Uh, I made an error in, in uh, left field or something, and they scored a winning run, you know, and I come in and then... Uh, he jumped on me, uh, you know, about making an error, and I, I, I told him, I said, do you think I go out there to make errors? I want to win just like anybody else. But I said, uh, Nellie Fox was walking down the runway when he said, you said the wrong thing, kid. He said, you know what? You're going to be on the bench for a while. I was on the bench for one week. Ouch. What was your favorite moment in baseball? Favorite moment in baseball. Well, just putting on a uniform was uh, for 18 years, uh, which was super to me, you know, an American or National League uniform. Uh, I think my night in Washington, D.C., when they gave me a night, and I had my parents up there, my wife and family, and uh, they ended up presenting me with a, uh, an automobile, which was super, and they gave my wife a fur coat, and uh, I'll never forget that day. It was really an outstanding thing, and the fans up there were just super. I really enjoyed playing in Washington. Now you still go to the the uh, St. Louis Browns every year. They have uh, oh every year, yeah, yeah. We got one coming up. Uh, or we just had one, but we got another one coming up later on in the fall of the year. We have about there's about five or six brownies still come in here. Uh, you know, Ned, Ar- Ned Garber comes in. We have five or six brownies still live here in St. Louis. I think there's what there thirty one brownies. I think still alive. Okay. Now, do the Browns have have they gotten any more young fans over the years? Oh, well, they get there. We always get fans, and, and I really appreciate the fans that come out. Uh, we have new fans, and we have the old fans, but uh, it's surprising. We have about 200 uh, every year for the uh, luncheon, and it's just a super deal. You know, and they had four, but they bring in two or three guys, and uh, it was really inter- interesting. And uh, one year we had Tom Lasarda here, and he he was really great, a great, great, great speech, and uh, everybody enjoyed him. And uh, but it's a great affair for the people in St. Louis that are still Brownie fans. Was there some player that you really liked to watch? Oh, the players I like to watch today. Yes. Well, uh, the Cardinals right now they got got a fairly good team. Uh, I like to watch uh, Beltran, uh, the Cardinal left-hand hitter, and uh, uh, I watch occasionally. I watch a ball game on TV, uh, not too much, but. Uh, uh, I really don't have that many good, you know, favorite ball players, but, uh, uh, I like to watch when McGuire played, watch him the way he hit the ball and all that. And, uh, like my son said, son, they said, dad, if you were on steroids, no telling what you could do. I said, well, nobody knows, uh, and, you know, if you took them, but, uh, I guarantee you there's still some guys out there still, t- you know, taking some of them. Well, I think even, even, you wouldn't even need to be on steroids. Some of these ballparks, you know they're not they're not oh, Griffith Stadium. They're pretty small. Oh, the ballpark today are small, and the pitching to me the pitch is not as good as it was when I played. And and the ball is the uh, I think the ball's a little juiced up too. Uh, I, I think the the most clubs 
uh, they want the home run they be hit because it brings out the fans. You know, the fans like to see the home run, and uh, it's uh, to me that's the way it is today. And uh, uh, if I was playing today, I'd probably be doing the same thing: try to hit home runs and make a little more money, and then uh, you know have the fans come out. I see that at one time you were the only player to hit 300 home runs and not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I look at my credentials, and some of my credentials are just as good as some of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame now. And uh, the only thing that really was against me, I didn't, I didn't win on you know, on a winning team, or we didn't win any pennants or World Series. That I think that's held against me. Yeah, I mean, between the Brown teams you were on and the Senator teams you were on, Right. You had some pretty pretty tough seasons there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Seavers. Well, I thank you for calling, and I hope everything works out. Everything's going to be great. It's great okay, talking to a great ball player like you. Okay, fine. Thank you. There was Roy Seavers, one of the last of the St. Louis Browns. Yeah. I, I didn't realize there were that many Browns still around, Yeah, as I mean, he said. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to go to an interview we taped earlier in the week with George Altman. Stay tuned.